Hello, everybody, and welcome back into VBCast. Today, we are talking all about Star Wars, and to help me with that, I have a Twitch streamer, a YouTuber, and a mean Frederick Barbarossa cosplayer. I am here with Foibles today. Foibles, would you mind introducing yourself to the, the listeners or viewers of, of VBCast? I definitely can. And first of all, thank you very much for inviting me out here. Very happy to be on the podcast. Um, so as VB mentioned, my username is Foibles. You can also call me Mitch. That name gets around quite a bit now. Um, I've been streaming for almost three years now, and we're actually coming up on a three-year affiliate anniversary Ooh. next month. It's crazy wow, how cool. fast it's gone. Um, but very excited to uh, be having a growing community. We've set some goals for 2022, and uh, we primarily stream Civilization, but we've also dabbled in a few other areas. Um, and thankfully today... Uh, I have the opportunity to speak with VB about one of my favorite genres, which is Star Wars. And we've played a lot of Star Wars games on on my uh, on my stream as well. So, I mean, we've got a, a growing family here. I live out in Arizona in the United States and uh, currently uh, working remotely from home, which is helpful with the uh, streaming stuff as well. But besides that, uh, just doing my best to create some fun content, get some laughs and uh, have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, so the reason for those of you who may know foibles, we'll definitely sit down with foibles again and do like a, a creator spotlight where we chat about whatever we want to talk about, because I'm sure there's lots there that we could dive into. But last week, as I was preparing this podcast for the first time, there was an announcement that a bunch of brand new Star Wars games were being created. They were going to be released in the future. There's a whole bunch of Star Wars games already in production that have already been announced. And one of the main reasons for this is EA's contract to exclusively make Star Wars games is coming up which is a little bit of an interesting twist in in that story and so i'm not sure why they wanted to get ahead of that with all of these announcements maybe just to to keep the excitement rolling um but then i was like who do i know that would talk about star wars on a podcast with me for an hour and foible's name came immediately to mind so i think the first thing we need to do is talk a little bit about our level of Star Wars fan, just so that people listening are fully aware uh, where we're at, because there's a lot of people who really love Star Wars who are going to be way ahead of me, who oh, might yeah. type some comment about how I missed something or whatever. <laughs> and it's okay to enjoy something and not be the biggest fan of it. So we're just going to get our bona fides out of the way to make sure we're all on the same page. And I think that's important to note is that you can love something without knowing everything about it, right? I mean, I don't know everything about my wife, and I still love her. I'm still married <laughs> for 10 years, so... That's such a good example. <laughs> that is, that's not where I thought that was going, but that was that's good. There you go. But yeah, it is important to talk about like what we've uh, what we've experienced as far as Star Wars goes. I mean, this has now become a multi generational thing, right? It, yeah, and absolutely, we're, absolutely. We're dealing with so many different eras and different histories, and so it's it's good to know like where people start and what they've picked up now that's kind of continued that that fanship. You know uh, how they've how they've progressed with history with the genre and, and how they've grown with it you know yeah absolutely I, I think for myself it's pretty it's pretty basic i would put myself in like a mid-level star wars fan i certainly know people who just through recalling star wars stories better they know they, they know a little bit more about it than i do there's definitely people who are just more into it than i am but just growing up as a kid i was full on just right there with all the other six and seven year olds watching Star Wars for the first time. You know, you're going outside, you're pretending your hockey stick is a lightsaber. I'm Canadian, by the way. So you're pretending your hockey stick <laughs> is a lightsaber and like you're just full into it. And those movies are amazing. And they're such a formative part of my kind of childhood experience that I think is pretty universal, like through the generations, right? A lot of the, a lot of people watch them 
as kids for the first time at this point. So love all the Star Wars movies. I'm super familiar with them. All of the kind of spinoff movies, Solo, Rogue One, all of that. Love them all. Super happy with that. Um, watch Clone Wars and Rebels, so some of the animated kind of stories that are there. Uh, the Mandalorian was fantastic. Uh, Book of Boba Fett it hasn't quite got me yet, but I'm I'm working with it. Like it, it works for me. It's not it's not quite as good as the Mandalorian for me, but it works for me. Um, and then I picked up a few books along the way, so I put myself in like the mid fandom, like more than a lot of people who just watch the movies, but certainly not diving deep into like the Legends canon to to figure out or to try and you know think too much about future star wars movies or anything like that oh yeah for sure if there's like a, a much higher tier star wars nerd than me and they come and talk to me about stuff i usually don't get lost that's kind of where i place myself like oh, they okay. can use language and names and places i'm like yeah i know what you're talking about um but i kind of fit into that same window where i mean i'm old enough to where i didn't get to see the original star wars trilogy in theaters but i did get to see the remastered versions in like the mid to late 90s when they released them back in theaters Ooh. My dad took me out and we actually got to see them. So I did get a bit of a cinematic experience with the original movies, which was great. Uh, but I did grow up with the prequel movies, one, two, and three in the theaters. And I remember the night we went and saw episode three. It was a midnight showing. And that theater was packed. It was hot. It was in the middle of May in Arizona. Oh, no. Um, and people were just losing it because it was such a fun cinematic ride. Um, and from there, I mean, my fandom has just multiplied. And the big thing for me is that I feel grateful that I've been able to pull my wife into it as well, because I don't think she was the biggest Star Wars fan before. But Ooh, now I feel like with that's shows hard. and with. Yeah. And, and the, the big thing for me is I've been able to get her into some of the animated shows as well. Like one of her most favorite ones right now was uh, The Bad Batch. She loved watching that. We watched the uh, reprisal last season of The Clone Wars, and she loved that, too. And now we're watching, you know, Mandalorian and we're going through Book of Boba Fett. We have this tradition every Wednesday now. Yep, I'm not streaming. We're hopping on. We're watching the show. That's um, cool. That's super so it's cool. nice that, you can, that I can carry that through to her and then also to my son who's picking it up. So I played lots of games. I've watched lots of shows. I haven't read a lot of books, although there's a lot more new books that have come out that I might want to get into. But I'm not a heavy reader. I'm more of a like visual consumer. If I read a book, I'm going to fall asleep. That's kind of, I think that's the dad in me coming out too. Um, <laughs> my mind is like, okay, it's time to, to, to go to sleep if I'm reading anything. But besides that, I mean, yeah, I feel like we're kind of in the same boat, you and I, as far as like understanding of, of the star Wars universe, um, how things connect. And I guess we've had a lot of shared mediums as well through shows and through games and all that. Absolutely. I had this reaction last week, and this is kind of, I think, where we're going to start. It's just the, the, the reaction to hearing that something you love is being made into more things. This doesn't just happen with Star Wars. It might happen for you, listener, with Harry Potter or with Pokemon or with whatever thing it is that you really like. Or hearing your favorite book is being turned into a movie that elicits a reaction that's just kind of overwhelmingly awesome. So I remember sitting there last week and this this announcement just comes on my Twitter feed that there's going to be a bunch more Star Wars games. And not only is there going to be loads of them, they're going to be big in scope. We got an open world game, an FPS game, like some really big yeah. Star Wars games coming out. And it's hard to remember at the moment that like you only have so much money, you only have so much time. Every, every Steam <laughs> Stay grounded, yeah. <laughs> stay grounded. Every Steam sale comes around, I buy 100 games that I'll never play. And so it's... There you go. But in that moment, you get to lose yourself in it a little bit. What was your reaction to just just more Star Wars stuff coming out? Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, uh, it, it was a genuine feeling of excitement um, because I'm very happy with where it's headed. Where, uh, I, I, hopefully this doesn't trigger too many people, but when we finished up with The Rise of Skywalker, I felt like 
there was something missing a little bit from the Star Wars uh, movies that we'd gotten. And now that I'm seeing all these new shows and new games coming out, I feel like they're they're trying to bring a little bit more back into it, right? A little bit more of what we feel when we watch Star Wars, more than just what we see. And so I'm very optimistic for the games, and I feel like they're heading in the right direction for the type of games we're getting and the studios that are developing them. I think we're getting great companies and great people behind them. Um, it's been a little bit of a rocky road in some senses with Star Wars games because we haven't had a lot of them, and some of them have had some rocky starts, like Battlefront Two had a very rocky start, one of the worst receptions of a Star Wars game. But they were able to turn it around and, and build a fan behind now, it. Still, from what I hear, yeah, right? people like it now. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot going on in the community now. It's starting to fade a bit more because there's not any new content coming out, but there's still a strong community behind it. And that to me still says that even if it does have a rocky start, there's still devoted fans out there that will embrace these games and take them for what they are. And hopefully the developers will take their advice and feedback and, and make them even better than we expect them to be. So I'm very optimistic for what we're going to have with these new games coming out. That's a great point to jump off into what your relationship with the previous Star Wars games is, because there are a few of them that I think just knocked it out of the park from day one that I really enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order being one of those games right that was just a game you purchased it you played it you enjoyed it you, it was a great yeah. story right there's not there's no no comp like no microtransactions none of this extra fluff and so you just yep. enjoyed it right right and then there's something like Battlefront which I only played at the very beginning when it was not being received as well and kind of <laughs> just haven't gotten back to it um yeah so lots of Star Wars games that there was your relationship been to those games yeah <clears throat> well my relationship to games with star wars in general goes way back to like the nintendo 64 which was my very first console my very first star wars game i ever played was star wars rogue squadron which was a okay. cockpit fighting like starfighter type game <clears throat> and that introduced you to the world of uh, a, little, a little bit of a scope of what it was like to fly an x-wing or a tie fighter or even the millennium falcon um, and it was a lot of fun to to be involved in that in that kind of type of game and then from there they there were some story driven games like shadow uh, Shadows of the Empire and some other like story single player games that were a lot of fun. And I feel like the developers now with these games are starting to look back and see, yeah, those single player games, they, we don't have to have a huge multiplayer title. Um, we can make a really great, impactful game that's just focused on story and character. And people love that. Um, and I think we saw that with Jedi Fallen Order. And so I've, I've played through that. I've played uh, a lot of, of, of the, act, uh, the action games like the Battlefront games played both original battlefronts back from like what 2003 and 2005 yeah, those are a little bit older. um those are a bit older um what's nice to know is that some of the developers from those games are going to be coming back to some of these new ones as well so hopefully they'll they'll bring some of what they made there and, and what they've developed in the newer games into what we're what we're seeing coming uh, in the future but my history with with the star wars games has has you know it's been up and down i haven't played every single star wars game can't make that acclamation but um definitely my experience with Star Wars games has been mostly positive. Um, like I mentioned before, with Battlefront 2 is a bit of a rocky start with the microtransactions and, and the poor reviews and reception, but it was nice to see that EA turned that around and actually provided lots of new content, adjustments to the game to make it more balanced, more enjoyable, um, and that's still showing its effect today because there's still people playing it. I still play it. And it was uh, back in 2017, I think it came out. Yeah, and we're still getting, you know, f about four years now that there's still a, a, a decent player base behind it. Um, but yeah, my experience with, with Star Wars games, I, I try to play as many as I can. Uh, I don't get to all of them because some of them are, uh, you know, certain platform exclusive. Um, others are, you know, more open. But um, I thoroughly enjoy when 
developers can take a Star Wars title, do something a little bit different with it, like we saw with Fallen Order. I think we saw a little bit of a different spin on what you could do with a Star Wars game, and that showed a very positive result. So hopefully we'll see more of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think with the Star Wars games, for me, it's I just haven't played a lot of them. But from what I have played, I find it to be, despite you know Battlefront not having the best start, I actually find Star Wars to be one of the best like IP to video game translations out there. There yeah. are very few other sets of IP that have translated as well from a set of movies or books over to video games. The Witcher being one that has translated very well. Uh, yeah. I know those guys uh, who made The Witcher have done a great job, and that game is, is very well received. But otherwise, there's not too many of them out there. And I, I think Star Wars does, does a good job with it. It's inherently kind of cool. It's inherently fun. There's so much lore to explore, but it all it's kind of wrapped up in a way that's easy to understand where all, no matter where you jump into the story or the timelines or the characters, like I believe the guy's name in Fallen Order is Cal. Like he feels familiar. Like you don't know who this guy is, right? Yeah. But, but you're finding lightsabers and you're going around and, and people vaguely look the same and there are stormtrooper ish looking people. And there are kind of Darth Maul ish looking people. And I don't know. I just, I really, <laughs> the Star Wars games to me, the ones I have played are, are, they feel like home a little bit. They feel like I'm coming home to just play in a universe that I'm super familiar with. And even Lego Star Wars is amazing. I love Lego Star Wars. And I'm a yeah. big Harry Potter fan, but the Lego Star Wars games are just better than the Lego Harry Potter games. And I, I think that says something about translating That's saying a lot for you too right yeah, yeah i think i'm actually wearing my harry potter podcast t-shirt right now <laughs> but yeah i think i think star wars just has a a really good set of of tools to work with to translate into any video game and it's showing because we're about to go through all the games there's a huge variety of types of games it's not just we're building another battlefront game or like a series like xcom like every xcom is kind of similar to the last xcom this is a wide variety of different styles of games in the same universe. So I'm, I'm super excited for it. Super pumped. Yeah. And, um, I, I did have a comment. I think I was going to mention that, you know, with these new games coming out uh, and to your point, I don't, you don't hear a lot about like other IPs out there that have huge game titles and star Wars has done a very good job. I don't know if it's a lot of the Disney backing. Now it's probably a lot of the, the Disney money that's driving this forward. That's probably um, true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you don't go around and hear a lot about a ton of Star Trek games out there, right? And Absolutely. there's always that feud, oh, what's better, Star Trek or Star Wars? Um, but, yeah, to your point, they've done a very good job of being able to take this IP, this universe that they've created, and just multiply it into multiple different directions in multiple different mediums. And that feeling you get where it feels familiar because it's Star Wars, but it's still something new. I feel like they're starting to do that a lot in the shows. Now we see that with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. There's things that are new, things that are familiar, and we're bringing it all together. And to me, that's more of the brand trying to unify multiple generations of fans of Star Wars. You get the original uh, fans, you get the you know, mid-generational fans like you and I, we get the new ones, you know, today, our kids are, you know, people that are younger than us that are just getting into it. Um, and I really hope that that same feeling of of unity through the medium will portray through these games because there is a lot. And I want to make sure that there's not too many games being pushed out because th things could get washed out, right? We yeah, don't want the, the medium want, to get washed out. over quantity if you had to choose, absolutely. Exactly. So hopefully with that, that same feeling of nostalgia and welcomeness because when you feel that feeling where it feels familiar, you feel welcome to the game. And you, it makes you want to play it more because it feels right. It feels like you're doing something that you're going to enjoy. And you can do it with people, hopefully, that enjoy the same thing. So hopefully that same feeling goes through into these games, too. 
Yeah, that's an interesting, this will be the last comment. <laughs> this is so hard with podcasting. You just diverge on all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. It, it's something they, I think, struggled a little bit with in the Skywalker saga, um, specifically, is just trying to unify that fan base of people who are watching from all, right? There's, a, there's so much of that saga that is, you know, kind of rehashing the original trilogy. There's a lot of it, especially in The Last Jedi, that's trying to be new and fresh and exciting. And I think that's an example of where it didn't quite land. Like, it just felt a little awkward. But then the yeah. Mandalorian comes out and the Mandalorian comes out and that it's a whole new adventure you're going on, but it feels like it could have been a Star Wars show from the beginning. Like if that had come out right. after the original trilogy, that wouldn't have felt out of place at all. Like it seamlessly just fits in. I would say Clone Wars and Rebels are like that. You can watch them or not watch them. It's not going to take away of your enjoyment from the movies at all if that's where you're at. But it's just there. It fits seamlessly in, right? If you're there and you want more Star Wars, you can do it and you can watch it and you'll love it. But if you don't, that's all good. And I hope the games do that. I hope the games don't set up like there's too there's too many of them and they're kind of too important to each other and the lore gets mixed up a little bit right if you don't play all of them then you kind of don't get the benefit of any of them i really hope that's not the route they go with with this many star wars games because i really enjoy the mandalorian clone wars rebels for that is you can hop in you can watch it you can love it or you cannot and it doesn't matter it's not going to take away of your enjoyment of any of the other star wars content that you already enjoy Right. There's something about Star Wars that just works. And if you break away from that formula too much, you're going to end up with a divided fan base. And so you can still have some new elements, but I think it's important to maintain the roots of what built the Star Wars universe. And uh, I think if they can portray that in these games, we'll, we'll be set for some, some good times with the new games. Right. All right. Let's talk about those games that are coming out. Much like you, I'm I'm very much optimistic. There are a few games on this list that I kind of want to talk about things that would worry me a little bit, just with recent trends in gaming and with some of the the devs of some of the games. I just there's a few things that I'm just really hoping they right. don't yeah. do with them. But that's part of that's part of being excited for things, right? You, you you have your expectations and you set them way too high, and it's really hard to to meet those. So I'm excited to have those high expectations. First, though, I, I forgot the FPS on this list, so we'll do that one at the end. But we have Jedi Fallen Order 2. This one, for me, is the easiest slam dunk winner. If they, oh, yeah. if they can just make a compelling story that I enjoyed from Jedi Fallen Order 1, there's almost nothing they can do for me to ruin this game. Like, if they just do what they did with the first one, it's a fun, exciting story, single player. I can just hop in and enjoy it. That'll be perfect for me. Yeah, this one's an easy one for them. If they mess this up, then they uh, obviously missed out on a lot of opportunity there. But yeah, this is the expected um, sequel to Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn. And Respawn's the same guys that made Apex Legends and Titanfall. So they have some good they're, games under their belt. They're a great studio. I really like Respawn yeah. games. And they've shown that they can do a really good story-driven game with a great narrative and good character development. So as long as they can carry that over into the sequel, it's not going to be an issue for us at all to, to be able to enjoy this game. Yeah, Respawn comes up quite a bit in this list, too. I got my list from IGN, for those listening. I, I, I did, I've, I, the, IGN, you forgot the FPS game, you weirdos. But I, <laughs> I tried to find an official source so that I wasn't just, you know, like talking out of my butt on this podcast, and I still missed one. Um, but on this list from IGN, Respawn comes up a lot. It's clear they're trusting Respawn with a lot of this development. And even the, the turn-based strategy game, which I am very excited about from Bitreactor, Respawn's publishing that one as well. So they're yeah. very much involved so it, it it really shows that for better or for worse they're really putting a lot of these games in the hands of respawn to to make work and i think that's a good thing i like respawn yeah 
I think they've proven themselves. Uh, Respawn, I think the first game they did was Fallen Order for Star Wars. I think that's the first time they picked up that mantle. And I, I think with the reception and how well it did, they've, they've earned that right to make a little bit more. So we'll just have to see how they, uh, how they carry that success over into a few other types of games. Yeah. Next up, we have Knights of the Old Republic remake from Asper. So there's two things here. I didn't play the first Knights of the Old Republic, so I have I know nothing about it. So I'm hoping you know a little more about it. But <laughs> I only know of Asper as the company that ports Civilization over to Mac. That's yeah. They also ported some of the Star Wars titles over to PlayStation and Switch as well. So they're oh, okay. they're kind of masters of porting games over. Okay, and from what I understand on this one, yeah, I don't know if they're going to change too much about it. I think it's going to be more of an update and a revisualization. I don't know how much of the, the story they're going to change, although this could be an opportunity for them to make a big swing and, and maybe make a change because technically both of those games, both Knights of the Old Republic games fell before the Lucasfilm acquisition from Disney. So technically those games aren't canon right now. But as we've seen with like the Rebels TV show and some other things coming up, they've been taking from those uh, previous what they call legacy uh, books, mediums, uh, games, shows, movies, um, and take them into the new title. So maybe what they can do is with Knights of the Old Republic, they bring back a lot of the familiar and maybe just revitalize it for a new generation and make it, you know, a, a current generation game. But uh, the big thing here is that they are working with the company that kind of is an expert on just porting those types of titles over to new platforms. And that's also one thing that I wanted to mention with this game particularly. It's supposed to be a PlayStation and PC exclusive, which for me hurts me oh, because right. I'm an Xbox guy. And these games used to be just on Xbox. They used to be Xbox exclusives, both Knights of the Old Republic. Um, and then eventually they've been ported over to PC since then. But um, I'll be fine playing it on PC. But to me, it's like, oh, man, you're you're pulling it away from where it, where it came from. But I'm sure they'll do just fine. Yeah, I'm just looking now that I, I didn't. I, I really dropped the ball on the article for this one. I should have read more into it. And I'm now reading that it's more of a remake than, it, than a brand new game. I'm looking at the original ratings for Knights of the Old Republic, though. 94 on Metacritic, 9.1 of the 10 from GameSpot, 9 of the 10 from IGN. This fails like another slam dunk. Like, just take a game that's amazing that has. Yeah. It's hard to get these ratings from these game companies and just port it over. That sounds like a good strategy. I'm. Yeah. The one thing that they might be changing that I read on Game Rent is that they may be turning away from the turn based action because right now it's a turn based action RPG, the Knights of the Old Republic is. Um, and so they might be switching away from that and going more for like a more fast paced action driven story. So we'll just have to see how that translates over, if it's going to be like a direct port with the exact same mechanics or if they're going to switch it up a bit. I wonder, too, because for someone like me who's kind of come into my Star Wars fandom after the Knights of the Old Republic and just didn't play it for whatever reason, like I just missed that, right? Maybe maybe it would be interesting for... I'm assuming there'll be a lot of new players like myself that'll pick up this game because I'm excited about Star Wars games now and I wasn't yeah. the first time, so I won't even know the difference between them. Like I'll just be able to pick it up and just roll. So it'll be interesting to see how much they cater to people who are looking for a, a, a remake of the game they really enjoyed and how much they're just going to cater to people like me who are just newly into Star Wars and growing into to playing those video games and will just enjoy whatever they put out. Yeah, by the time it comes out, the title itself will almost be 20 years old, so they'll have a whole new generation to introduce this to. Oh, wow, yeah. I would have been like five or six or seven then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would, <laughs> no I was like, no wonder I missed it. It came out a while back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fair, fair enough, fair enough. And next up is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. I love Lego Star Wars. I there's, It's just fun. It's just yeah. fun. It, and it, the replayability value is incredible. You play through it the first time, you unlock all the main characters, then you get all like the 
the cheats and then they have you get all those <laughs> yeah. the coins and the 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 cosmetics and everything the i i did have a thing on this one i just really like lego star wars i like the experience of it i think it's better than lego harry potter although they are very similar and to me it's just like the quintessential gaming for the sake of gaming experience i found kind of wordle to be like that recently not star wars related but on twitter everyone's doing wordles nowadays <laughs> yeah and while it's super annoying on my twitter feed what i like is it's just a game for the sake of being a fun game like it's just there you can play it or you can not play it but for those playing it they're just having fun there's no yep deal about it that's what i like about lego star wars i can just turn it on like i can just let my brain melt a little bit i can just like play lego star wars and what i worry is a lot of the extra features in lego star wars from when it came out originally would now be covered under like microtransactions and stuff the right extra, yeah. like, a lot of games were like that i used to play tony hawk a lot as a kid and you used to be able to oh, like, yeah. <laughs> do those like controller codes to get more score or whatever it was but now that's all for every game a microtransaction or some kind of thing you have to right. a thousand hours to unlock and i do worry with the lego star wars that it'll be a little too tempting to go down that road you catering to a younger audience i know a lot of right. mobile apps do that right where they kind of rely on the younger audience not really caring about money to yeah. So, so if they make it as an extension and it just kind of seamlessly fits, I'll be totally fine. I do worry I can pinpoint just with its target target audience and the the way the replayability of that game works that mm -hmm. I, I am kind of worried that once you play through it the first time to really enjoy it as much as the first set the second time uh, that they might go the microtransaction route, which I just I, I wouldn't like not because I personally care, but just because I enjoyed the first ones as gaming for the sake of gaming that you can just enjoy the whole thing when you pay your $30 or whatever it is. So I'm That's right. yeah. fingers crossed, but I'm a little worried about this one for that reason. Yeah. And I think to your point, the replayability is a concern because I mean, they do target a, a smaller audience and the thing that they've never shifted away from on these Lego star Wars games is that they're, they've always been single player Yeah. and um, you can't bring your friends in to play it unless it's like couch gaming. I guess you can do some couch co-op, but split there's no screening. Yeah. Yeah. There's some split screening, but there's no online, uh, co-op or or multiplayer so i think that's because they they cater more to that younger audience but to your point it is a game that you can just sit down you don't have to take it seriously you can just enjoy it have a good time so this should be an easy win and, and plus the exciting part about this is that it's bringing all nine movies in together uh, where you can play through all the different uh, adventures and stuff through all all nine movies which which would be a lot of fun so it should be it should be a well received and i think a lot of people have been looking forward to it so it should be uh it should be a hit yeah, I, I do want to call it Telltale Games a little bit here. It's easy when you're a game dev company to fly under the radar if you're not smashing out you know AAA bangers every year like Ubisoft right. or Activision or whatever it is. But Telltale Games has an exquisite way. They're like masters of sto storytelling in a way. They need to distill all of Star Wars, all of the movies, down to nonverbal communication. Like, it's not <laughs> happening with words. They need, they need to not only take this story and take out 90% of it and have it still make sense, but they need to do that without any of the characters being able to speak and just through it's incredible. So I just want to shout right. out if, if in the future, this podcast blows up and someone from Telltale games is, is listening to this or whatever. I just really enjoy your method of storytelling and, and want to shout out how difficult that is to do when you can't use all of the content and then you have to do it non-verbally. That is, that is hard. Yeah, definitely. Good shout out. All right, next up, Star Wars Eclipse. I know nothing about this one, but I watched the trailer. I went to the website. It, I, I don't know what to think other than I, when I watched the trailer, I was like, this, it was the cinematic trailer, not the gameplay trailer. Right. I was like, this yeah. looks 
incredible. I wrote down it's an action-adventure, multi-character, branching narrative game. Do you know what yes. that means? Because that excited uh, me. A little bit. I couldn't figure yeah, out what so that meant exactly. It's going to be very narrative story-driven. And if you know the studio that uh, created uh, Detroit Become Human, it's the same studio, Quantic Dream. And so my assumption would be Star Wars Eclipse is going to be kind of in that same vein. It's going to be single player, story driven, uh, but you'll be working with multiple different characters and storylines that somehow interact and get involved with each other in a combined uh, shared narrative, right? And so you will be making decisions like, do I do this or that? Do I say this to this person? Do I talk to that person? Do I steal this? Do I kill that person? Whatever it might be. And every decision is going to change the way the story turns out. So you're going to end right, up with gotcha. multiple different endings to the, the shared narrative. Um, yeah, and we saw. I saw the cinematic trailer too. Blown away by it. Absolutely. Um, it's away. set in the High Republic era, which is before the events of Episode One. Um, it's probably going to be a couple hundred years before that. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but in the trailer, they do show Yoda in the yep. Jedi High Council chamber. So you know, there's a bit of involvement there with the Jedi and with Yoda, which will be interesting. Um, don't know anything about the story or what's going to happen. Um, or what the main characters will be. But just looking at some of the visuals, that cinematic trailer was beautiful. There were parts of it that I thought were live action, but it was just all generated for the cinematic trailer. So very high hopes for this one. It should be an enjoyable game similar to Detroit Become Human or maybe even like Jedi Fallen Order, maybe less action-driven, but more story and narrative-driven. Uh, so it's going to read more like a book, um, and hopefully that will tug at like, some heartstrings and get people like excited about getting to know the characters and, and you know creating their, their story as you play along. That's interesting because there's a lot of games that do it with one character successfully. The Witcher being one of them where there's yeah. many different endings and interactions you can have in The Witcher. And I played through that game many times and got all the different endings and stuff. And it, it really does make a difference. It's a game where the dialogue matters a lot. And it's not just, it gives you, it's like, it's not the illusion of choice. It is genuine choice in how you want your game to go. But doing it with multiple characters, I think Mass Effect is kind of like that. Trying to remember yeah. back to when I played Mass Effect, there's there's a few characters in that game that you're interacting with that that'll change how your your game goes. But it's fascinating to try and pull that off because that's that's very very difficult to to create a game that feels seamless when you have multiple characters. I'm assuming multiple playable characters. It sounds like yeah. um, making different choices that'll then impact all of the other characters you could play at the next kind of swap over point. Fascinating. Yeah, I think that's going to be um, it's going to it was a bit of a curveball. I was not expecting it when the trailer dropped and I watched it. I was like, huh, I had no idea this was coming out. So very excited to see where they take it. It's with a good studio. They've made some good games. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they put that together with multiple characters involved in a shared narrative. What I, I got to put you on the spot here. What would okay. your ideal story for this type of thing be? You can make up the characters and everything. Like It doesn't have to be like related to anything that currently exists. But in a Star Wars universe with multiple characters, would you like like an Ahsoka Tano type of thing where she's kind of vibing with the Jedis, but there's, a, there's a, there ends up being a lot of friction there and there's some notions that have been disabused and there, there's just a lot of, of ground to cover. But Ahsoka never becomes a bad guy or anything. She's never one of the villains. Yeah. But she's also like, she also kind of takes down the image of the Jedi as this pristine institution that always acts you know, like the good guys should. Like, I'm just trying to think of what kind of story you'd be interested in for a multi-character. Yeah, I, I like where you're going with that. And when I watched the trailer, I, I got a lot of like episode one vibes, just the, the way it felt and the way it sounded. 
Um, so I think what we saw in episode one was a lot of politics, which was interesting to learn about the, the, the politics of Star Wars. The, the, tax, so I, the tax embargoes. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, just to see how, how their government works, right? How the Republic is structured and to see what lengths people are willing to go to to get what they want, right? And so I feel like this game will do well if there is at least a portion of it that deals with the politics of Star Wars, especially with this being set in the High Republic. They're in the height, you know, of their power. There's no wars. There's no... Uh, bad guy there there's no major calamity happening until maybe perhaps something happens in the story that will draw characters together um, but some po some political uh interaction and narrative i think would be good uh some background about the jedi order as well and maybe there is some dissidence there there might be some issues that that arise that the that the council might want to try to cover up or something you know uh that would be an interesting narrative to go through as well so a little bit more of the politics behind the scenes i think would be fun to to see in that yeah when it, when the first time i read multiple characters i really like the idea of like a game of thrones type star wars game not with different families but the i what i what i think what a lot of people enjoyed about game of thrones that was fresh and new is that it felt like one of those multi-character every action has a consequence for all the other characters right they're all right no one character is acting independently of the other ones the whole story is being told collectively by everyone involved and yeah that's where i got like it would be really cool if in this type of game i guess one of the things that i miss in games is you never get the chance to almost be the the bad guy or the villain or the antagonist like the kind of game where like the choices you make you could accidentally end up going down the rabbit hole that leads you to being the villain by the end of it and maybe that's your ending like maybe the ending for you isn't that you save the world or isn't that you where you become the, the best jedi or whatever. right maybe the ending for you based on the choices you made and the the people you like the bridges you burned a lot along the way or whatever is that you ended up being the villain. You ended up causing all of this. I don't know. There's just a lot there that I'd be interested in. And yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot to think about for sure. Well, to your point um, where that twist may happen, might happen in the story. Um, that kind of goes back to the original Knights of the Old Republic as well, because that's kind of what happens is your choices decide whether you're going to go on the light side or the dark side. Yeah. And you don't exactly know how far you're going to lean, or you can intentionally go one way and say, I'm going to turn the story around in my favor and I'm going to go dark side or no, I'm going to be good or no, I'm going to be middle of the ground. So we'll just have to see if, if that kind of decision-making process will, will occur in this game and allow us to do that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think that would, for me as an adult now, I think that's the kind of Star Wars game I would like. Yeah. Is that <laughs> I want a chance to be the bad. There's two, like all the books, the movies, like for every story ever, there's too many chances to be the good guy. Everyone and every you get to be the good guy all the time. I want a story. It's fun to be a bad guy sometimes. It's fun yeah. to be the bad guy sometimes. I, there's like eight Star Wars games on this list. If in one of them I could be the bad guy, that would be right. Interesting. All right, next. Imagine up. if that was a twist in, in Jedi Fallen Order. Imagine oh, if that is more of a dark side that twist. That would be incredible. That, that would, would be, be cool. incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. It can happen in Jedi Fallen Order. It can happen in this one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> if it happens somewhere, I'll be super happy. Yeah. Uh, next up, Star Wars Hunters, made by Zynga, an arena-based Switch game. This is the least exciting game for me out of all of them. Not because it didn't look cool and enjoyable, just because it's. I just know I don't think it's going to be for me. But it did give me some kind of Borderlands vibes a little bit. There's some after you beat Borderlands three, there are some arena battles that felt kind of similar that were interesting. Yeah. I I just know for me on the Switch, it's not going to be for me. But I'm excited about it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, the, the kind of like the campiness of, of Borderlands where you get that, you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of conversations between characters and yeah. the, the lightheartedness, but you're still, like, in the middle of a fight kind of thing. Um, to me, I got a lot of Overwatch vibes as well. Overwatch I felt like if too, they're going to... Yeah. 
Yeah, they're going to get kind of an arena-based hero showdown where you're going to be able to choose between different characters. And they kind of have that game mode right now in Battlefront 2 where you can do heroes versus villains. You have this mashup of good guys and bad guys that go fight in a, in a match um, to the death and see who wins. You have, you know, different characters crossing different lines, like what if Darth Vader actually fought Rey or what if Yoda fought Maul, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know exactly how deep they're going to go in this because it seems like it's more tailored to to a younger audience, but it kind of has that Overwatch vibe where you're going to have different heroes with different abilities. You fight in an arena. Uh, you can have a death match. You can have an objective-based game, take the, the team's uh, flag or whatever it might be. Um, so we'll just have to see how it plays out. I also don't have a Switch. I think it's going to be... I think it's a Switch exclusive if I don't... Switch if I recall. iOS. On the article yeah. I read, it's going to be on iOS as well, which is odd to me, but... So I don't have a Switch yet. I might get it, um, but I don't know if this is going to be one that I'll play. It does kind of tailor to that younger audience and kind of has that kind of campy Star Wars vibe, but still could be an interesting title. It could be a curveball. You never know. If you came here and you're listening to this podcast for the excitement over Star Wars Hunters, do not let the fact that we're probably not playing it <laughs> stop you from enjoying it. You're allowed to. I just know I don't. Won't don't listen to us. Yeah. Don't listen to us. It's probably going to be great. I have no reason to think it won't be fantastic. I just know that just based on it being on the Switch or iOS and catered yeah. to that audience. And again, I only have there's seven other games on this list that I'm going to want to play too. There's a lot of games that I got to work through. And that's the thing. You don't have to play every single Star Wars game to be a true Star Wars fan. Right. Nor do you have to read every book, watch every show. You can love Star Wars for what you've enjoyed from it, right? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be that you play every single game. So keep right. that in mind too. Star Wars Hunters fans out there, still buy it, still play it. Gonna... <laughs> uh, next up is, this is my, I think... Maybe Fallen Order 2 is my highest upside just because I know that unless they royally mess it up, that I'll love it. But this, I think, has the highest possible upside of, of any mm -hmm. of the game on the list. Also, the easiest like downside for sure is the, op the unannounced open world Star Wars from Ubisoft. Because open world games are either amazing or terrible in my experience. Right. There's very few open world games um where people go as ah, i i enjoy because because just by the way you make them and the way you play them it's hundreds of hours to get through them right to explore everything to do everything to 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 do all the quests and the side quests and everything the way they're designed it's a big game so something like skyrim or the witcher or red dead redemption people love those games right and i'm right i didn't play the ones i people didn't like but i'm sure there's lots that people didn't like either i've heard of many that are they're terrible mmos are kind of like that too what I have a really fun story I want for this game. Do you have like, the open world Star Wars games? What's the first thing that comes to mind that you'd want in the open world Star Wars game? Yeah, I'm feeling like kind of Mandalorian era where it's like in between the New Republic and the, the remnants of the Empire where you're on the outer rim, kind of like in the Tatooine type planets where you're trying to make your way and you have, there's still conflict, but you know, the, it's starting to fade off. And so you're trying to figure out where you stand as a character and i think that'd be really fun now ubisoft has done a very good job at recent open world games with uh you know assassin's creed odyssey and uh, a lot of those other story driven games that that they've uh, that they've managed to so um the only thing that i wish is that um instead of ubisoft i kind of wish it would had been bethesda yeah. because bethesda has given us some really amazing games with uh the elder scrolls series with fallout um, but I feel like they're a little bit more inclined for their own IPs rather than taking on a big title like Star Wars. I feel like they they've got their formula and they're not going to pick up, you know, something that 
would require I, I a license. I wonder, too, if Bethesda being purchased by Microsoft makes it hard to release on other platforms. Like it, it could. Might, it might be limiting. Yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly how those contracts and stuff work. It's way over my, my ability to understand. Right. Um, but that might but be to a me, yeah. problem, too. I feel like Ubisoft has a big task and to be willing to take on a big title like this, because we haven't had like a big open world Star Wars game since I think maybe Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, and that was like a PC exclusive game where you could travel all across the galaxy, create your own role. You could be a Jedi, you can be a smuggler, a bounty hunter. Um, and hopefully they give us that opportunity to kind of choose our own path. Um, and within those different careers or paths that we take, we can have like different skill trees and different abilities and ways to create our own unique character and yeah. change the story and, and, you know, even go out and adventure and just do our own thing, you know, side quests and stuff, maybe not be too focused on a main story, but have a main story, but still allow yourself to explore the star Wars universe and kind of take it into your own hands. Yeah. The immediate thing that came to my head that I heard open world star Wars, what is it? I immediately want. I want a Mandalorian style, red dead redemption type of game. Oh like yeah. That, that bounty hunter kind of running from the law a little bit. Maybe even like Han Solo, like you're just doing your thing and then all of a sudden these schmucks come to your cantina and you're just wrapped up in this story now. Yeah, you just can't exactly. get it. You're now this central character in this big story that you never wanted to be a part of. Um, yeah. That's exactly what I felt like I wanted, like maybe a Mandalorian style, maybe a Han Solo style entrance into the world where you're right. on the Outer Rim planets or you're, you're kind of just a nobody who ends up wrapped up in this whatever the story is going to be. Um, I think what I hope... I think with these types of open world games, it must be extraordinarily difficult to pick your scope because right. if you, you need a big enough scope where the world feels unique. There's lots of different biomes and places to go that are all different from one another with different monsters and different quests and different AI to interact with. And you need that, but you also can't yeah. have too much of that because people can't spend thousands of hours in your game, right? Like right. if it's really good, people may spend hundreds of hours, but uh, you, you also can't have so many character options that it's overwhelming, but you can't have too few that it's limiting. And with those character options, you can't have too many that are more powerful than all the other ones or else it's no fun. Like it, it's very hard to pick a scope and then balance the game within that scope. And it's the problem for all open world games, not just a Star Wars one. But I'd be interested yeah. to see how they how they tackle this, because I think and that is the big problem of the Star Wars universe is that it's huge. Yeah, it's you could huge. make it massive, but then you just create your own problems that way if you make it too big. And you under uh, under deliver, right? And then you're just left with this empty um, shell of potential that could have been an amazing title. But sometimes you do have to hone it in a little bit or release it little bits at a time to where you get some reception initially. And if it's positive, you move forward and provide more rather than making it too big at the beginning, you know? Yeah, um, I'm going to echo your sentiment. I, I put this in my notes for, for the Ubisoft making the open world game. Ubisoft has made some great games. Ubisoft has made a lot of games that I really enjoy and a variety of games. Like they make Anno 1800. They make the Anno series, which is wildly different than like Assassin's Creed or some of the other things they do. And it's very successful and I really enjoy it and they do a great job with that. Ubisoft just always has this way of every couple of games just ending up <laughs> in the press for something awful. Right. right. There's, there's there's a game out there that they, they release way too early. It's broken. It's busted. Right. No one's enjoying it. They don't patch it quickly. You wonder yep. why you paid $80 for it. That happens every once in a while. Just recently, they're out there like trying to NFT farm on their games. And everyone's oh, like, well, like, what is what is it called? The Ubisoft Quartz thing? I can't remember. Yeah. That was on Twitter like a month ago or three weeks ago or whatever. And everyone hated that. And then the Ubisoft CEO came out and said the game. I can't remember the quote. If you're, I don't have the article in front of me. But essentially, like gamers don't understand what they want. 
they would they want nfts as like a way to trade resources and i'm like i think oh jeez. it's like i think gamers have been trading resources and games for a while with uh, you know right it's just like <laughs> there's just now i'm not gonna have an opinion on nfts on this podcast other than you know it, it did bother me that the ubisoft ceo was like after everyone's like hey can we not have this this really sucks for our gaming experience he's like no absolutely not you're gonna have it and that kind of worries me a little bit so cautious optimism they make some great games ubisoft does a really good job most of the time but they always have these things these random little things that come up where you're just like oh really do we have to do this ubisoft like can I just say something? I think um, I don't know if this would ever happen, but if if Lucas Lucasfilm Games ever wanted to have an amazing open world game, they should turn to Rockstar. Rockstar I don't know if that partnership yeah. would ever happen because of the you know there's there's a bit of an issue there with how they want the game portrayed. Yeah. But I feel like Rockstar could deliver on a very very good open world Star Wars game too. But I don't know. That might be wishful thinking. Yeah, I. I, I'm I'm really optimistic. This is the one easily for me, though, with the biggest downside potential. I think right. Ubisoft has the potential to to just do Ubisoft things and you know make everyone angry, which sucks, but it happens every once in a while. And also, just with open world games in general, they're they're I think they're just the hardest to make because you're designing a game for people to spend hundreds of hours in, and right. that type of time commitment it needs to be exceptional. You can't yeah. even if it's a good game. I'm not spending hundreds of hours in a good game. I'm only going to spend that much of my life my finite amount of time on planet earth in your game. If right. It's and hopefully they learn from other games out there. Like if you just look at Skyrim as an open world game, 10 years later, we've got what the third re-release of the game with more new content. There is still a yeah. huge player base for Grand, that game. I thought it was similar and, too. It's yeah. Not quite as open world in the same way, but that game has been out forever. Grand Theft Auto five is still one of the highest grossing games every year. <laughs> yeah. And to your point, they've also taken that game and made it even something more. The, the, the fans have turned to role-playing and, and turned uh, the game into something completely yeah. different, which if you've done your game right and you make it open enough, but still enjoyable and replayable enough, that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> You're going to have your fan base take over and make the game even better than it was before. Yeah. So cautious optimism. There's a lot of upside there. <laughs> yep. uh, I think that just the bar for an open world game is exceptional. Like Lego Star Wars, the bar is fun. Like, is it fun? <laughs> yeah, nah. Like, yes. it's just the, the, the different levels of bar. Like, the bar is at a different level for how good your game has to be for me to enjoy it. And open world right. games are just higher. Uh, next up, there's a little bit of a SIF connection for this one, which I'm excited to talk to you specifically oh, about. Yeah. Uh, we have a Star Wars kind of turn-based, I suppose, strategy game from yeah. Respawn as the publisher, publishing and not like they're not the publisher of the games they're creating, but they're the publisher of this game, which is being developed mostly by Bitreactor, which is a brand new uh, company that I got the sense they announced three, three or four days before this, so that they existed before they it was announced. They yeah. Were making a game. <laughs> there's some connection there for sure there i'm sure there are some behind the scenes talks going like, hey, on like no one knows we exist yet should we announce that we're a company before they <laughs> announce that this star wars game is coming out right a lot of people are saying star wars XCOM though these are a lot of old XCOM devs that mm. worked for fraxis a company we're both familiar with um just because we're both civilization players and content right. creators uh, thoughts on a XCOM and fraxis devs making a star wars game because i trust them with my life i like like Fraxis devs have my whole heart. They're fantastic. The games they make are all incredible. Um, yeah. But also an XCOM style Star Wars game just sounds incredible to me. That I think is most likely the way it's going to go. Although I would absolutely love a turn-based strategy Star Wars game. I grew up playing strategy games for Star Wars. I don't know if you ever got the chance to play these, but uh, there was the Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which is basically a reskin of Age of Empires 2. 
where it had the same mechanics, but it was just all Star Wars factions. And you can play a real-time strategy game with all the different uh, Star Wars factions. It was a lot of fun. And they got all the way up to, like, Episode two type era stuff, and then after that, they didn't make any more. But after that, they had another RTS game come out from another studio called um, Empire War. And that was really fun because you got to take yourself to each planet, an invaded planet. You start off with a space battle. You win in space, and then you go down and invade the planet, do a land battle, and then you win that planet. And that planet gives you like certain abilities or bonuses, um, like extra production or extra food or extra whatever. Um, And to me, I've always had a special place in my heart for Star Wars strategy games, and we haven't had any for the longest time. And so I'm really, really hoping that it does go turn-based strategy, but most likely it's going to go more the XCOM route with like the the turn-based action. Yeah. Um, because we're seeing a, a Marvel turn-based action game coming out here with Midnight Suns. Um, so my thoughts are it's most likely going to go in that direction. Either way, I have, I'm in your same camp. I love the Firaxis developers. They did a great job with introducing new content to Civ. Um, so with them taking their experience and their ideas and their creativity to a new studio with a new genre, I think it's going to be really exciting to see where they take it. I, I read an article this morning, just as I was quickly just like, just making sure I had all of my notes done and research done and everything. I read an article mm-hmm. this morning. It's like, that it was almost like critical. Like what's going to happen when the old XCOM devs just copy Star Wars and make XCOM three. And I was like, what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm going to give them $70. It's what's going to happen. Like what? Exactly. Like, why is that a bad thing? Right? Like XCOM is great. It's a, all the XCOM games are fantastic. I play a Star Wars like I, it was. It was weird to me that they were so critical of of this possible Star Wars XCOM game. I guess it's like a copycat, but that's all games are. It's like what which first person shooters copying all the other ones? Right, I don't know. exactly. Like, I, like it's all. Where like, do you get your ideas from? Same with content creation. All we do is steal each other's ideas. It's the whole thing. Like someone <laughs> someone does a cool thumbnail you like, and you're like, whoa, right. that's awesome. Or like someone does a, a a Civ marathon, and then you take that Civ marathon, and you're doing your around the world challenge which is a different take on a Civ Marathon, which has existed before, right? Like everyone's right. constantly taking other people's ideas, putting them in a melting pot and producing something. It's like, unique. what is art? You know? Right, well, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> like is the first person who ever painted something on a canvas, do they own all paintings? I don't know. And so, right. yeah, it was weird that this article was so kind of critical of a possible XCOM Star Wars mm. game. Cause I like, what's going to happen? I, I'm going to pay for it and like it. And they're going to make lots of money. And right. I'm going to have a Star Wars <laughs> game that I like. like. I don't know. What do you what do you think's going to happen? It's like, not too difficult of a thought. Yeah. Yeah. The world's going to end because there's multiple XCOM style game. I don't know. It was just a weird article. Uh, I, yeah. Anyways, but I'm very, very excited for it. And I think we're we're going to head in a good direction with this because we haven't had this kind of style of turn based whatever, either whether it's action or, or strategy in a while. Uh, and especially in the Star Wars universe, I think it's going to be fun uh, to see what direction they take it. Absolutely. I'm excited for this one. This one's an auto purchase. I don't pre-order games anymore. I, I, try, not, <laughs> I try not to. Uh, this is very, this might be one on this list that I, that I pre-order. If I'm going to pre-order Card one, number I'm, yep. I'm going to break my rule. I'm going to pre-order a game. I think this would be the one that I pre-order and not wait for reviews or anything because I, I want this one on day one i think i trust the for old for axis devs i trust like turn-based games I, they've very rarely been let down i played the gears of war one which is like gears of war xcom style game and that was pretty good like they, i think they're hard to 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 make a terrible game <laughs> they're usually fine right. so i'm hopeful uh the next one the last one the one ign did not put in their press release grrr, they made a little photo 
They, I took right. it from a photo that had all the Star Wars games in development and all the newly announced ones. And I was like, that's perfect. That's a, like, it's a source. They got a little check mark on Twitter. I can verify that information. Didn't add the FPS game. Oops. There's a first-person shooter game coming out, Star Wars FPS. You have it in your notes, so I'm hoping you'll know a little bit more about who's developing yeah. it. But so, the thing with FPS games is it's hard to be excited about them because I'm bad at right. them. I'm so <laughs> bad at them. Like Apex... Call of Duty, all of these games, I like them. I'm just so bad at them that it, I, could, I have a hard time getting into them. Yeah, so I grew up playing uh, Halo a lot, the original Halo, and then through most of the Halo games. So from there, I, I learned a lot about, you know, what it takes to play a first-person shooter. It does take a lot of focus, um, and it does take a different uh, mentality. It's a lot more fast-paced, and if you're not too into the fast-paced stuff, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get into. But for me, I love first-person shooters when i do get the chance to play them that's why i play battlefront a lot as well um but ea is still behind this first-person shooter a lot of people are speculating that it could be like a battlefront 3 but there's not a lot to back that and to be honest with the with the limited success they had with battlefront 2 i don't know if they're going to head in that direction my thought is they're going to take this in a new direction and since respawn still has their name on this and respawn is known for apex legends my thought is they might actually go the Battle Royale route, which I yeah. think would be very interesting. Star Wars has never done that. Um, and it'd be really interesting to have a Battle Royale type game where you drop into a Star Wars setting where maybe you land on a different planet and there's different environments. Uh, there's different weapons you can pick up. You can modify the weapons. Uh, there's different power-ups like jetpacks and stuff and you fly around the map or you can pick up vehicles or a lightsaber um, and then just see what happens. I, I feel like there's a lot of um, experience with the Apex Legends team that they could take over to this game. Um, but another thought could be, hopefully they don't go those, this route because we've seen some difficulties with uh, Battlefield 2042 and some other first-person shooters that have recently come out that have had very, very bad poor receptions. I think Battlefield 2042 is in, like, in the top 10 of worst-rated games on Steam right now, which is incredible because it's only a couple months old. Um, and if they want to go that route, they're going to be taking a big risk of, of poor reception if it doesn't go well. If they go a different route, let's say like a battle royale type setup, I think they might have a little bit more interest and in, in more room to wiggle around if initially they need to make some changes or adjustments to the game before it becomes what they want it to be. I, I think the key with the battle royale setup though is those games are free. Bat like unlike, yeah. unlike Battlefield or Call of Duty, like the battle royale genre, and they, that could change, right? There's not like there are battle royales you can pay for, but the 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 way battle royales tend to work is it's it's very much a cosmetics are how they make their money you can buy the coins and the skins and all the stuff right but the right. game to play is is free and having one game on this list that's a free-to-play game that introduces people like hey i like star wars let's try this game i think would be interesting yeah and i think the expectation there is that um people that have already been doing battle royales for years they expect that kind of setup where there could be microtransactions there could be battle you know paid battle yeah. passes stuff like that so I think that's not going to be too big of an issue. But to your point, yeah, I think having a free-to-play game on here would be good. And the good news behind this game is that I did read that um, one of the developers from the original Battlefront games and from Star Wars Galaxies, his name is Peter Hirschman. He's been involved with EA for a long time, but he's coming in to helm this project. So hopefully they'll take their successes that they've had from those previous titles and take it into whatever it might be, whether it's Battlefront 3 or like a new... Um, battle royale type setup or maybe something completely different we'll just have to wait and see yeah my only worry with the fps game just initially hearing that it was going to be a thing when that release came out is like so much of star wars has nothing to do with like like first person shooter style weapons right and so i was just wondering like how i guess your idea like I was, my immediate thought at the time was like call of duty killstreak style 
where like the mm. tie fighters and stuff would come in as like you know and you're on a 20 kill streak or whatever it is like a bombardment like yeah. A, yeah yeah something like that and but now that you've mentioned apex i hadn't thought about the battle royale version of this game i can definitely see how they could make a bunch of even just brand like it's star wars is make believe you can make it up as you go along like we got <laughs> right like that's part of it is like light speed yeah. skipping was a new thing in the latest trilogy it's cool right like Jeez. you just invented it <laughs> yeah it's all star wars is you're inventing it as you go along like you can invent a yeah. bunch of different blasters and first person shooter weapons that don't yet exist for this type of game and you can have yeah. different magazines and sites and blaster types and i don't know i, I was just worried yeah. that it'd be a little bit of eliminating or a little bit limiting with like just blasters and i guess i guess there's those new sniper weapons that they used in the mandalorian they had some sniper blasters yeah. and stuff I don't well know. to your point as well in battle in battlefront 2 they actually did introduce a system where you can customize your weapons from with your different classes so similar oh, to battlefield where you have like assault support heavy and like medic uh, they each have different weapons that they can choose from. And then as you like advance in that skill tree, as you level up that ter a certain class of player, you can modify your weapons a little bit to have like uh, less kickback or better scope, or you can have an explosive shot or a disabling shot or whatever it might be. So there's that's been introduced already. So they could probably take that to another level and see how far they can push it. The more you say Apex, the more like apex like doesn't really look like star wars but kind of feels like star wars in a way like i can see how their zipline system around the map just becomes jetpacks i can see really right. easily how they take how they even if they just reskinned apex legends into star wars i can see a really easy transition there i yeah. i feel like i feel like star wars as an apex legend style game would be amazing whereas like i couldn't see like a star wars style fortnite game they did like yeah but apex specifically has this vibe to it that i can really see an easy port over you probably yeah, and to your point, yeah. that Hunter's game as well kind of has a feel like it could be like Fortnite because it kind of has that cartoony animation style to it, at yeah. least from what we saw in the gameplay in the trailer. So that might lean more that route. But if we have more of like a grittier type of battle royale through um, this first person, sh first person shooter, I think that could be a lot of fun. Right. All right. Well, that does it for me for all of these games. We're just about hitting an hour, which is absolutely perfect. That's kind of where I was hoping this <laughs> Good. When I when I recorded with Sassy Game Related, we shot for an hour and recorded for three. So oh wow, which is okay. amazing. It was amazing, <laughs> right? But I, um, I'm I'm glad this one is kind of landing right on time. Do you have any kind of final comments about Star Wars games in general? About any of these games? What you're looking forward to? What you're hoping doesn't kind of come to fruition here in terms of like microtransactions or whatever you particularly yeah. don't like about? I think in general, we're heading in a good direction. Like you have to have some kind of game plan in place when you're uh, putting together uh, eight games that you're going to release over the next three to four years. Right. And I think they've taken their time to really figure out, you know, what the Star Wars fans are enjoying from current or past games, what they're wanting. And I feel like they're taking steps in, in directions that are new to us, which should be enjoyable to see how they adapt to Star Wars. But to me, I think the biggest thing will be just making sure it feels like star wars right there's going to be a lot of different types of fans and players that will jump into these games and give them a try it might be a, a type or style of game that they've never played before or it could be a, a an era in the star wars universe that they've never been in before don't know a lot about and it still needs to be welcoming and open and feel like star wars and also have that replayability factor but i think they're going to be hitting they're they're invading a lot of different markets right now which is good because they're going to be bringing in a lot of different types of fans. And there should be at least one or two games on this list that will be good for everybody, uh, that everybody will enjoy. So with that being said, I'm very optimistic. I think they're heading in a good direction. They've lined up with good people, good companies. Um, the biggest thing for me is just make sure it feels like Star Wars. If it doesn't feel like Star Wars, yeah. it's not going to work out.
Um, I, I'm gonna overall. I'm more than cautiously optimistic. I don't know what the scale of optimism is. Like, where where does it become right. pure optimism and pure pessimism? I haven't quite graded that out. I'm gonna go past cautiously optimistic on the whole. I'm actually quite optimistic that that the majority of these games will land. That they'll be well received. I, I trust a lot of the developers making these games to to make good Star Wars games. If I was gonna do one kind of note of caution. If anyone making these games ever happens to listen to us talk for an hour, is there's a lot of trends in gaming in general, not specific to Star Wars, that I, I think in the internet era with Steam and pre-ordering and I don't know what the specific causes are, like the economic kind of pushes and pulls on it. There's a yeah. lot of games that get released unfinished that aren't well supported after launch. That's the big problem with Battlefield right now and the new yeah. Call of Duty, right? Like, I just please, 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 please. You have alphas, have betas, have whatever you want to do, right? That's all good and great. When I pay 80, like all of these games will be pretty full price games, right? Like Lego Star Wars might be slightly under the XCOM games sometimes they sometimes they come in around 40 bucks those style of games yeah. but mostly they'll all be full price games uh, Star Wars people I'm ready to put a couple, how much is it like $400 I'm ready for that oh my I'm ready for that <laughs> That's a lot I'm ready to put invest in your games I want I'm here and I'm ready and I'm actively excited to invest in your games and play your games and bring your creative vision to life and enjoy it and all that I just please finish your games before you release them Right. right. Delay yeah. them if you need to. Whatever you got to do. The only thing that has made me like in gaming in general recently, I've been so frustrated, especially with Cyberpunk was the big one. Yeah. Right? It's like like these games are expensive and the time commitment you're asking of me, especially like the open world is hundreds of hours in some of these games for some yeah. it's dozens. But like it's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. I just want a finished game. And I'm not accusing them preemptively of them not doing that, but there's a lot of games that have released kind of completely unfinished for the amount of money they cost or what was advertised. Right. And I just, it's been a bigger trend. It happens more and more every year, games coming out that aren't finished or that weren't what was advertised or where they immediately get like negative review bombed everywhere because everyone's just having an awful time and the game's not supported properly. So that's my just one bit of caution in the gaming industry in general is I just... I feel like as someone who who plays games on Twitch, right? Who who has that like extra? Like I have a full time job outside of what we're doing here, so I have the Twitch income is kind of extra, and I can reinvest that into games to play. And so right. I, I have a little bit of disposable income to spend on games. I feel like I've purchased a lot of games recently where I I, I get them and they land on my Steam and they get downloaded and I open them and they're just not ready for release right. yet. And so yeah. I don't know if that's a function of just being able to patch games, right? Like before you couldn't patch games. And so, right. Yeah, like you exactly. Had, you you released the cartridge. You can't patch the cartridge, you can't right? Patch the cartridge. <laughs> and I don't, so yeah, it's just my one, if I'm going to, I'm not going to go fully optimistic just because with eight games coming out, some big companies that have all released games that have been, you know, unfinished, <laughs> right? right. Like it's just a little bit there that with this IP that I'm super excited about, I really hope that I, I can enjoy it on day one and not feel like, oh man, I would have really enjoyed this in six months. Because it, I don't know. Anyways, that's my one little, little no, thing. No, that's that very I'm, important. That I'm worried about. And we've about. seen that happen a lot. And I'm okay with studios coming out and saying, hey, you know what, guys? We need to delay this because we need to spend some more time on the game. And that's perfectly fine. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear an apology afterwards when the game has been, re been released and it's underdeveloped or there's missing features or unkept promises, right? So that is a very important point you make. And we've seen that a lot in the gaming industry. I think maybe developers have felt that way that maybe they can take 
some more breaks away from the game and maybe be a little bit lazier in some aspects of, of design and development and say, oh, we can just go back and fix it later. Um, right, we'll, we we'll should fix treat it, it. We'll fix it in post. Right. The... We should treat it as if you can't fix it later. That's yeah. the way that we should be developing games. It should be a fully reason. I mean, if, imagine if they did that with movies, like if they just released a movie and like there was things missing or like there wasn't uh, some of the visual effects weren't completely there. Although I guess we do see that sometimes. Yeah. But imagine if that happened more often than than it did in games. I mean, there would be uproar. So we just need to treat it that way as if we can't fix it. Deliver it as if you'd want to receive it yourself and experience it the way that you would want to as a fan. So that's very important. All right. I think that's going to do it for our Star Wars chat. We'll definitely try and have you on for like a just a, a talk about things that aren't Star Wars. Just like a hey, let's let's. Meet oh, sure. Uh, that would be fun. I, I'm assuming this. I feel like you've now signed a contract to do the update podcast as these games are being released or as, <laughs> or as trailers. I'm, I'm totally or, down or for as that. Yeah. Trailers come out and we learn more about these. It'd be fun when the open world game kind of does a trailer. Thing. Oh, I thought it was going to be the Mandalorian thing, but it's this instead. So uh, that'd be cool. Foibles, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, so if you want to come find me, I am at twitch.tv slash foibles. I do stream predominantly on Twitch. Um, I have been uploading some videos to YouTube as well. So if you do find me on YouTube, you can just search for foibles, F-O-I-B-L-E-S. Um, I am on a few different social media platforms, primarily on Twitter. I'm also going to try and make a push on some TikTok videos if I can. I know that's kind of a crazy thing for a 30-plus-year-old to do. I think it's more for generation z right but for me i can hop onto tiktok and and have some fun too so you can find me across platforms uh, as long as you search for foibles i should be there right for those of you watching on youtube foibles is info for his twitch and his twitter are on the overlay so you've been staring at them for about an hour now so hopefully you figured it out uh <laughs> youtube they'll be in the description for the podcast feed they'll just be in the show notes you'll be able to find all of foibles links that i can find uh in there you can find me just in all the normal places if you're listening to this podcast you should have found it somewhere and from there you can find all of my other stuff foibles thank you so much for coming on and chatting about star wars i appreciate it for those of you listening thank you so much for listening and or watching this podcast we will see you in the next one